0: Om Sahna Vavatu Sahna Bhanuktu Sahavid Yankar Vavahai Te Jasvinavadhi Om Shanthishanthishanti Namasri Shankara Nender, Namasri Shankara Nender, Guru Padam Bujan Mane, Guru Padam Bujan Mane, <coughs> An interesting topic is being discussed here as to what is the meaning of this pronoun aham, I. Because I which is kutastha asanga is which transcends the mind, which is a witness of the mind, that I which is kutastha meaning changeless, asanga meaning unconnected, unrelated. Chidvapuhu meaning of the nature of awareness. The true nature of I is awareness which is changeless, unconnected, unrelated. (coughs) That cannot become the object of any knowledge. It cannot even become the Vishaya or object of even the concept I. It cannot be confined to any concept. How does the wise man know when one says I am Kutastha, I am changeless, I am awareness? When that changeless awareness cannot be confined within any concept such as even I, how does he know the self to be, to be awareness which is changeless? <coughs> then the answer is given that this Aham or I <coughs> is employed in three senses. First is, it was said in the verse 10, Anyanya Dhyasarupena Kutastha Bhasayor vabuh prayujyate first is what I is commonly referred to and that is the real self which is as we said the awareness changeless unconnected that and this body mind intellect complex which is anatma anyonya adhyasarupena on account of mutual superimposition meaning attributing or superimposing the anatma, the non-self and the attribute of non-self upon the self and reversely superimposing the self and its attributes upon the non-self on account of this we have on account of lumping together we have a new entity called ahankar or the ego and that is the primary meaning of I so for most people who are ignorant they employ the word I The concept I, what they mean is that's individual, the individual ego which is a combination uh, on account of mutual identification or superimposition of self and (coughs) non-self. So when an ignorant person uses the word I for the self, he not only means this, that includes not only the awareness which is changeless, but it also includes the body, the mind, the intellect, the sense organs. So in that I, both of these are lumped together. And that is the common meaning in which this word I or the pronoun I is employed. <coughs> then there are two secondary meanings of this concept I. abhāsa <speaking in foreign language> tatra Shabdam loke vaidike So the ignorant person employs the word I or the concept I in this sense of lumping together the self and the non-self because he doesn't have the discrimination. Ignorant person is not able to discriminate between the self and the non-self. The wise man on the other hand discriminates and therefore he knows the self as the changeless awareness he also knows ego as the reflected consciousness. And he knows also this body, mind, intellect, equipment. So three things are there. This body, mind, intellect, equipment is there. This is non-self. Then we have the self which is changeless awareness. And then we have a third entity called the consciousness reflected in the, in the mind. And that reflected consciousness is called Chidavasa or the ego, which is what we call the transmigrating soul. So, wise man knows the difference between all the three and therefore he employs that word I in one of these two. When he is conducting his transaction in the world, that time he employs I in one sense and as he knows I, he knows it in a different sense. Now, so far we were, so we discussed here and we go to the verse 12 here. In what sense does the wise man employ the word I? When he says, I came, I went, I ate, or I am, what exactly does he mean? <coughs> and that is being explained in the next 12, next two verses. So, Sukhena Kriyadevi Sukaram tasse bhavaha saukaryam that which can be easily done saukaryam is that which can be easily understood pratipakti saukaryaya for an easy understanding that is explained in the next two verses here says <coughs> the twelfth verse laukika <laughs> Vyavahareham laukika vahareham gacchami tyadike budahe gacchami tyadike budahe Viviche vachidaha bhasam, Viviche vachidaha bhasam, Kutasthatam vivakshade, Kutasthatam vivakshade. Aham lokikav yohare, Aham gachami ITYADIKE Buddha, Buddha means Vidwa and the wise man. Aham gachami ityade lokikav yohare. So when a wise man, wise person let us say, I'm just using wise man in the sense of wise person, not confined to man, but you know that's, so, so when a wise man says, or a wise person says, I go, I'm coming, I'm going, I ate, let us say. This is called the Lokika Vyavara, meaning our day-to-day transaction. At that time, what is the concept, what is his understanding of that I? who is coming, going, eating, drinking. Obviously the awareness, which is changeless, limitless, it cannot eat, cannot drink, cannot come, cannot go. Because it is beyond all limitations, the Self in its true nature, which is awareness, limitless. There is no question of eating, going, because it is actionless. It is devoid of any kartrutva bhoktrutva sense of activity or sense of enjoyership. And therefore, that self cannot say, I am coming, I am going. <coughs> then who says only what we call that Chirabhasa? Or the ego says that. Except that the wise person knows the ego as ego, and the other wise person takes the ego as the real self. That's the only difference. So ego is there, a working kind of an ego is there even for the wise person, because otherwise no transaction is possible. You must have some kind of an identification with the body, with the senses, with the mind, then alone you can function. And therefore, even when a wise person functions, there is some kind of an ego. Except that, that ego is known to be false. It is only what we call the the usage in the day-to-day transaction. Its reality is as good as the reality of the world and the reality of transaction meaning it is mithya so the world also is mithya for him and the ego also the sense of individuality also mithya or unreal so the wise person knows that ego would be unreal and still accepts it for the purpose of this day to day transaction and says I I came, I went, I ate, I drank and so forth (coughs) Buddha meaning Vidwan, Aham Gatchami, Ityadi Laukika Vyavhare In this day-to-day transaction such as, I am coming, I am going, Kutastha Chidabhasam Vivicca. So that person, vivicha, there is a discrimination between Kutastha, meaning the changeless self, which is the true nature, and Chidabhasa, meaning the reflected consciousness or that ego. Between two there is a discrimination which discrimination is not there in case of an ignorant person. An ignorant person lumps both of them together and takes that ego as a real sense. The wise person knows the real sense, self as the limitless awareness and ego as something that is a product of the, uh, something that is the, on account of this body, mind, intellect being there. <coughs> so, kutastha chidabhasam, you see the ego you must have heard, heard, heard earlier that there are three kinds of tadatma. Tadatma means mutual identification. One is called karmajam, other is called brahantijam, third is called sahajam. There are three kinds of tadatma. What is tadatma? One thing assuming the nature of other, or a total identification, just as between what we call a a, red, a, a an iron ball. And the fire. So when we place an iron ball in fire for long enough time, then that iron ball becomes hot. It becomes red hot. At that time there is a entity called fireball. That fireball in fact has two elements in there. One element is that iron ball, which is round or spherical in shape, and other element is fire, which is hot and red so when you hold a fireball in the hand although we call it fireball which appears to be one entity in fact there are two entities but so mutually one with other, one with the other that you cannot separate them however the person who knows the nature of iron and the nature of fire even when that person sees what we call fireball that one knows that the spherical form belongs to the iron whereas the red color and the heat belong to the fire. So in the mind, the discriminative knowledge is in the intellect. <clears throat> it's not necessary for you to separate the iron and fire. Even when they are apparently one, even then, the wise person knows them to be separate because the person knows the iron is iron and fire as fire. And you see what has happened in a fireball. That spherical shape that belongs to the fire as though has been assumed by the iron, the spherical shape that belongs to the iron has been as though assumed by the fire and the fire appears to be round. And the heat and the red color which belong to the fire are as though assumed by the iron and now iron has become red and hard. So property attributes of the fire are superimposed upon the iron. The attributes of iron are superimposed upon the fire. And we have a third entity called the fireball. This is called tadatmya, or this is the identification, this process. (coughs) So similarly also there is is another illustration of identification is when there is a bucket of water which is placed on the roof and the sun is shining up in the sky then the sun gets reflected in the bucket of water. (coughs) Then also there is an identification. What is the identification? The sun seems to assume the properties or attributes of water. The sun gets reflected in water. Suppose water happens to be muddy, then that reflection of the sun will appear to be also muddy or the sun will appear to be dull. If that water surface happens to be disturbed. In that case, that reflection also will appear to be disturbed. If the water surface is shaking, that reflection also will appear to be shaking. So here we have another Tadatme or identification of that sun and the water or the reflection of the sun and the water where the properties which belong to the water such as muddiness or such as disturbance seem to be assumed by the reflection of the sun and the property that belongs to the sun namely shining that seems to have gone into the water and that water gains the ability to illumine see from a refle- from a reflection in a bucket you can actually illuminate a room and thus again this is called identification mutual identification between water and sun this is called sahajat adatmiyam or natural identification meaning wherever water is that sun will be reflected there is nothing you can do about it it is the property of water to reflect the sun It is nature of water. So it is called Sahajatādātmā, natural identification. Similarly also, the mind or the intellect that as we call it, has the property that it will reflect consciousness. So wherever the mind is, mind is comparable to that water, and just as water naturally reflects the sun, so also the mind naturally reflects the consciousness. And there will be therefore what we call reflected consciousness there is nothing you can do about it. As long as the mind is, whether the person is wise or otherwise, as long as the mind is, there will be consciousness reflected in that and that reflected consciousness alone is called ego. <coughs> Except that ego is false. But when we do not know the true nature of the sun, we might take that reflection of the sun. And that's what happens. Not knowing the true nature of the self, we take the reflected, the reflected consciousness as the self and so if the mind is dull that self also appears to be dull if the mind is restless the self also appears to be restless if mind is happy the self appears to be happy mind is sad self appears to be self, sad and that is how there is what we call the identification of the self and the mind by way of process similar to reflection this is called sahajatad however to take that reflection to be atma is called bhantriyam tadatmam that is really bhanti or ignorance to to take the reflection to be sun that the sun gets reflected in water is fine but to take the reflection to be sun that shows delusion similarly also that the self gets reflected in mind is okay but to take that reflection or ego as a true self shows delusion or bhanti. <coughs> And third, of course, is the association that there is between the mind and the body. Let's call karmajam tadatmyam The Atma self also has association with this body because the mind and the body are all mutually associated. As long as the body is, so long the association with the body remains. As long as the mind is, so long the reflection of consciousness in the mind remains. And therefore, of these three kinds of associations. Only one thing goes away for a wise man and what is that? Bhantijam tadatmam, or the reality given to the ego. An ignorant person takes the ego to be self and the wise person knows ego is ego and not the self. That's the only difference between the wise person and the otherwise. Other association namely that with the body continues and association namely with the mind also continues. Therefore there is a reflected consciousness or ego even for the wise person also except that ego is not taken to be real. And so like any ego, that ego also conducts the transaction of coming, going, eating, drinking except that all these transactions are known only to belong at the ego level and the only reality that they have is the reality of the ego and not the reality of the self. When we perform the behavior of eating, drinking, what do I say? I eat, I drink, meaning as though self is eating, self is drinking. Whereas a wise person knows it is ego who is drinking, ego who is eating, ego is coming, ego is going and not the self. So that discrimination between the self and the reflected self, the self between the ego, self and the ego, that discrimination between the two, is yes, done by the wise person, therefore, that error or, the, or that bhanti meaning the superimposition is not there. <coughs> and so, Buddha Vidwan, aham laukika vyavahare, kutastha <coughs> chidabhasam vivichya. Whenever such vyavahara expressions are there, I am going, I am coming, that I is again that chidabhasa or ego, except that kutastha chidabhasam vivichya. Discriminating that ego from the self, the wise person says, I am coming, I am going. It is that discriminated ego or ego devoid of the reality is what is meant by aham or I for the wise person. The ego given the reality and ego given the status of the self is how I is referred to by the ignorant person. An ego devoid of the reality and only the working reality that the ego has, that much reality alone is given by the wise person. In that sense, the wise person uses the word I. So uses the word I in a sense different from what the ignorant person uses. (coughs) Then what is his true knowledge about the I? Suppose he doesn't conduct any Vavhara, any transaction and there is no expression, I am coming, I am going. How does he know himself? <clears throat> that is said in the thirteenth verse. Asangoham chidatmaham Asangoham chidatmaham Idishastriya drishtitah Idishastriya drishtitah Aham shabdam prayumteyam Aham shabdam prayumteyam Kootas kevale buddha Asangoham Maham iti shastriya drishtitah Aham sabde shabdam prayunte ayam Ayam means ayam, ayam, ayam eva buddha hai. The same wise person who said I am coming and going where that I was the falsified ego. The same person really knows the self as what? Ayam, ayam, ayam eva buddha hai. shastriya drishtitah Vedānta śravanajanita jñānena So on account of the knowledge that is generated because of the listening to the scriptures or the inquiry or deliberation upon the scriptures. So this wise person on account of listening to the teacher or having deliberated upon the meaning of the scriptures knows kevale chidābhāsa dvivekte kūtaste asangoham chidātmāhamidhi lakṣṇaya aham Ahamshabdham prayukte on account of that he knows that the ego is false and what is the self? Self is that which even eliminates the ego. That because of which the ego exists. That because of which the ego shines. The ego does not shine or exist by itself. Just as a reflection exists there not on account of itself. On account of the sun. The reflection shines not account on account of itself. On account of the sun. And so that very existence and that very shining that the reflection has are on account of the sun. And similarly also, the very existence that the ego has and the fact that ego shines, that satta and surdi, that existence and awareness to the ego are provided by the self, which is the nature of existence and awareness. The true existence and awareness are the nature of the self. Existence and awareness of the ego reflects, are in fact reflected, and therefore, they do not belong to the ego. And so those Shastriadrashtidaha Vedanta Shravana Janita by the knowledge that takes place on account of shravanam or listening to Vedanta from the teacher. Kevale Kutaste Chidabhasad Vivekte. He does not anymore lump the the true and the false. satyanate Mithuni Krutya. An ordinary person lumps together. The real and unreal are lumped together. The real I and the false I, both of them are lumped together. The wise person discriminates between them, knows the real I as I and knows the false I as just the working I. Just as we said, an actor, for example, assuming the role of a beggar. If by chance that actor forgets the self, for whatever reason on account of some intoxication he forgets who he is and looks at the dress of the beggar costume of the beggar and takes the self really as beggar then we have a beggar there actually and that fellow only acts as a beggar because he takes a self as beggar so this is an ignorant person for whom the beggar is real suppose after intoxication or, some or something you know the director comes and gives him a slap and that intoxication goes away and then the fellow realizes who the, he really is and then realizes that the beggar is just a costume is a, 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 a role that I am playing and who am I really? really I am the actor, the real self then knows the self as what? the actor then how does he know this beggar? he knows beggar only as a working reality ha- the reality that is there only on the stage and not behind the stage and now on the stage when this actor acts as a beggar how does he act? who acts as a beggar? that actor who has simply chosen to be a beggar acts as a beggar and even when he acts as a beggar he knows that it is not the actor who is begging it is the beggar who is begging there is what we call a discrimination between actor and beggar when the discrimination is not there then the begging is real the weeping is real when the discrimination is there then the begging is only an acting (coughs) it's a role playing and so also the wise person just plays the roles going, coming, all of these are roles in fact going, coming, eating, drinking all of these belong at the body level and that is a costume for the wise person and it plays a role I am eating, I am drinking knowing fully well that all of this is a role in reality knows Asangoham, Chidatmaham. I am changeless, I am awareness, I am unconnected to this costume. Interesting thing is, even when an actor is playing the role of the beggar, he is unconnected to the beggar. Meaning that, that begging does not in any way make him a beggar. That begging does not leave any, any, any kind of a, an impression upon him. Or begging does not leave any kind of a mark upon him and therefore when he gives up that costume comes out clean and similarly also when this vavahara is performed I am coming going all these kind of transactions or activity do not in any way affect the self and therefore this asangoham I am unconnected even though functioning apparently functioning through the body I have nothing to do with the body even though apparently functioning through mind and intellect I have nothing to do with them asangoham Chidatmaham, I am awareness. Iti Lakshnaya aham shabdam prayungte. Then when he says that I am Kutastaha, I am Asangaha, I am, I am changeless, I am awareness, does it mean that he sees that changeless awareness as some kind of an object? No. And still knows the self. How? Because that self is self-shining. And therefore doesn't require to be objectified like this microphone, etc., It is known as a very self. That is why it is said, Lakshanaya prayumte. He understands the self as Kutastha asangaha, the changeless awareness I am. That knowledge is little unconven, not the conventional form of knowledge, wherein the object of knowledge is objectified. Here, this is the knowledge of the subject himself. So, subject knows the self as awareness, as unconnected. This is how he employs this Aham Shabda or the concept I in the sense of pure awareness. So while performing these transactions employs the I in the sense of the working ego or the falsified ego and in reality employs the pronoun I in the sense of the self that is changeless awareness. Atah Lakshanaya Aham Sattvena Aham Pratyavishatva sambhavat. and therefore by, this is implied meaning, not what we call vachyartha or the direct meaning. The direct meaning or the commonly understood meaning of the pronoun I is no doubt either this this ego, right, real, or this body-mind, intellect complex. But Lakshnaya by implication that I is understood to be Asanga Chidvapuhu. Ataha Lakshnaya Aham Shabdara Sattvena Aham Pratyavishetva sambhavat since by lakshana Lakshanavurthiva implication that Aham can be known, I can be known as the awareness. And therefore this knowledge that I am awareness, I am changeless, I am unconnected, that knowledge is tenable, is proper because it can be known that way. The self can be known this way without the self becoming the object of knowledge in a conventional sense. <coughs> Okay, so a case has been made out, how the wise person knows the self as awareness, changeless. Then an interesting question is raised here. Nanu prasak abhasa kutasthau aham shabdasya amukhyasavadi uktam. Abhasa kutasthau, it is said that abhasa means chidabhasa or that ego and kutastha meaning atma the changeless. Aham Savriti, Uktam. It is said that these two are the secondary meanings of the word I. <coughs> Tayoho Madhyay meaning Kutastha Chida-va- Chidabhasa Yoho Madhyay. Among these two Kutastha and Chidabhasa, among the changeless, the real self and the ego. Kim agnyan Nivrutte Asango Smiti Janati who is the one who says, I am changeless awareness? There are two entities now, which are referred to as I. One is awareness, that's the real self, and second is the ego. Is it the awareness, that is the real self, that knows the self as, I am awareness, I am changeless? Or is it the ego? who knows the self as awareness, changeless. Who has this knowledge? Who claims or who has this knowledge, I am changeless awareness? Who says this? Does the awareness itself say, I am changeless awareness? Or does the ego say, I am changeless awareness? says, you cannot say that the changeless self claims itself that I am changeless self because when the self-awareness is changeless it cannot have any modification at all then even jnanitvam that I am a knower agnani that I am ignorant that knowerness or ignorance also cannot be there in the real self because knower also is a changing entity you see for example knower when I say that I am knower of the book I am knower of the microphone, I am knower of the hall, then the knower also gets modified in accordance with the object of knowledge. As the object of knowledge changes, so also the knower changes in, in respect to the object of knowledge. And therefore knower is a changing entity, not a changeless entity. Now you say that the self is awareness that is changeless. And therefore, awareness, which implies a change cannot possibly be there in the self who is changeless. So you cannot say that the changeless self knows itself as, I am changeless, I am awareness. That awareness cannot be there possibly in the changeless self. jnāni tvādikam vaktavyam and there you will have to say that it is chitā it is that is the, uh, the ego which claims that I am changeless awareness changeless awareness cannot proclaim anything it is ego that proclaims that I am changeless awareness that's what you have to say tathā chastati kutasthat kutas thāt chidabhasoham thāt anyha chitā bhāsoham How can the ego who is false and limited claim itself to be self that is changeless and limitless? See, this limited ego, the limited individual says, I am limitless, I am changeless. How can a limited entity claim itself to be limitless and changeless? Limitless alone can say that I am limitless. That alone is qualified to say, but it is not qualified to say because it is limitless and therefore there can be no saying there. And the limited one can say whatever it wants to say. But when the limited says, I am limitless, it is contradictory because how can a limited entity claim itself to be limitless? There is no way that the limited self can know itself as limitless. And therefore the question arises here. Which question is asked in the fourteenth verse here? <coughs> Janita, Janita, Twatman, Janita, Twatman, Avas a Save and Avas Avas a Save and a Chart Manahan, Avas a Save me the this is the question or a doubt what is the ashraya or what is the locus of knowledge and ignorance only ego the limited individual is the locus of knowledge and ignorance who is ignorant the ego and who can become wise the ego whoever is ignorant becomes wise So both the knowledge and ignorance, both of them rest where? They rest in the ego. Neither knowledge nor ignorance can really rest in what we call atma or the awareness. That being the case, if that being the case, how can that abhasa, meaning chidabhasa, or the ego, how can that ego know the self as I am changeless, I am limitless, I am awareness. How can that ego know itself to be so? In ego, of course, the the changing, ego is a changing entity and so the knowerness or ignorance, both of them, are possible there. But how can the limited ego know the self as limitless? (coughs) This question. Tasya kutastha anyatvameva sidhamidiparihardi The answer that is given is that that ego really does not stand apart from awareness. Ego does not stand apart from awareness of the self. If ego were an entity, that is independence of the self. Then of course there is no way that the ego can know itself to be limitless. It is like saying this, that how can a little wave know itself to be ocean? How can a little wave know itself to be water, let us say? One wave is different from another wave and one wave is different from the ocean. And therefore, can the wave claim itself to be ocean? Ocean can claim itself to be ocean all right, but ocean being limitless, there is no question of its claiming. Wave can claim itself to be something good, bad or indifferent, but wave being a limited entity, even if it claims itself to be ocean, it is not ocean so how can a wave claim itself to be ocean? the answer is that the ocean is not apart from the wave what is the true nature of ocean? water what is the true nature of wave? water and therefore if the wave knows itself to be water then knows also that the true nature of ocean also is water then the wave can say I am ocean which I Not the I, which is characterized by a name and form, but which I? That I, which is really water, which is the essence of the wave. So from the essential standpoint, the wave can claim itself to be ocean. Whereas while transacting with other wave, it will just accept itself to be a wave, knowing fully well that in reality I am the water, and therefore I am not different from the ocean. And therefore even though we say, we give it the name wave, but that wave really is nothing but water, and that water is nothing but ocean, and therefore, the wave can never be separated from water. Similarly also, this chidavasa, this ego, can it be separated from awareness? It cannot be. Can the reflection be separated from the sun? Or suppose there is a mirror in which my face is reflected, Is that reflected, reflected image? For example, a reflected uh, image that is a reflection, is it different from the image? Can the reflection ever stand away from the image? It cannot because the reflection draws its existence as well as its shining from the image and therefore even this ego or what we call chidabhasa never stands apart from kutastha atma and therefore it is not that the Ego, who is a different entity from Kutastha, knows itself to be Kutastha. Ego, who is one with Kutastha alone, knows itself to be Kutastha. <coughs> Tasyya chidabhasa se anyatvameva Kutastat is not different from Kutastha, that it is not a separate entity, that is what is said in the fifteenth verse. <coughs> Nayam do shastidab has a hair. Nayam do shastidab has a hair. Kutas take us Kutas take us for her one. Abhasat Kutas tatwa washeshana. Kutas tatwa washeshana. Nayam do this dosha the defect is not there meaning this problem is not really there why? chidabhasa kutastha ekasubhavan. because chidabhasa the reflected consciousness or the, or the ego kutastha ekasubhavan. what is the true subhava? what's the true nature of that chidabhasa or the ego? kutastha kutastha or the changeless self is alone is the true nature of this chidavasa or ego and therefore the problem of this ego knowing itself is limitless is no problem because ego is in reality limitless. And therefore the limitless self is never away from the ego, or ego can never stand apart from the self that is limitless. Tatra Tatra Dosha bhava. that this dosha is not there, Upattimaha there the reasoning is given. Abasattasya Mityatva Kutastattvava Abha mithyatva. The reflection is always false. Yasa darpane pratiya manasya mukha bhasasya. Grivastam mukha tadva bhava. darpane pratiya manasya Just as the reflection which appears in a mirror. What is the truth of the reflection appearing in a mirror? Grivastam mukham That head over the shoulder, the rear head over the shoulder is... The truth of the head that appears, or the face that appears in the mirror. So truth of the reflection in the mirror, what is the truth? The head over my shoulder. And therefore that reflection never stands apart from the head. So when the reflection says, I am the head, it's interesting. Suppose there is a reflection in the mirror. When the reflection says, I, you know where that finger really and where does it actually resolve? When can the reflection say I? Only when I say I, that image when it says I, that alone the reflection says I and therefore, when the reflection says I, that finger, you know, it doesn't really rest only in the reflection, it resolves where? Into the image. All that little reflection in the bucket, what is the true self of that reflection? That sun. And similarly also, the chidabhas or the reflected consciousness, which is what we call ego, what's the true nature of it is nothing but awareness and therefore it can know how does it know that the ego the sense of limitation is false by falsification or by recognizing that all the notions that I have that I am a limited being all these things are knowing the in of these notions and knows the awareness as a true nature <coughs> the answer is that yes it is chidavasa, or the ego who knows the self as limitless? Because that limitless self is the true nature of the ego. <coughs> so, who comes to know? The ego knows. Okay, if you say that the ego knows itself as limitless, then the next question arises. <speaking in foreign language> If you say that, it is ego who knows the self as limitless. Ego has a knowledge of its being limitless. Ego itself is a false entity. Then, the, what is the nature of the knowledge? What is the reality of that knowledge? The knowledge also is false. Because who is the knower? The ego is a knower. Ego himself is what? False or Mithya. And therefore the knowledge, I am limitless. What is the nature of that knowledge which has its locus in the ego? That knowledge, the reality of knowledge also is what? That is also mithya. nanum chidabhasasya mithyatve tadashritam kutasthosmiti jnanam. That knowledge, kutasthosmi, or I am limitless, that knowledge also is what? Mithyasya. That knowledge also becomes mithya. It is saṅkate. That question is asked in the sixteenth verse and answered there. Kutasthosmiti bodhopi. Kutasthos me ti neti kovare. Mithya neti kovare. Nahisat tetaya bhistam. Nahi satyataya bhistam. Redjusar bavisar panam. Redjusar The question is Kutasthos me ti boh The question is This bodha, this knowledge me, I am limitless. That knowledge also is mithya, meaning false. It doesn't enjoy absolute reality. That knowledge also enjoys what we call a relative reality. che. this is a question. Fine, we accept it. Then knowledge also is mithya. If the knower is mithya, The knowledge also is mithya. Nothing wrong in it. We say that anything other than the awareness is false. The only thing that is real is awareness, the self, limitless. Everything other than that is relative, is false, is a projection, like the body, mind, intellect, all these transactions, all the knowledge, everything is. False or mithya or only relatively real. And only self that is limitless is absolutely real. So that alone enjoys absolute reality. And so kutasthasvarupa diriktasya abhi mithyatva abhivagama. We say that everything other than the self is mithya. Then mithyatvam meaning that bodh mithyatvam asmaka mishtamayavadi parihati. Therefore we accept that even that knowledge, I am limitless that also is mithya we accept that, who? the Vedantin also accepts that he says who says it is not mithya that follows. hey you say that the ego is mithya and therefore the knowledge and the ego that I am limitless that also turns out to be mithya who says it is not mithya? yes it is mithya ok, uktamartham nas spashtaydi what is said here is clarified by an illustration nahi satyataya abhishtam rajyu visarpanam so the standard illustration of the Vedanta the rope and the snake where in fact there is a piece of rope as we said on account of insufficient light on account of some difficulty I have in seeing on account of some problems I have in my mind I mistake or I take the rope to be a snake I superimpose a snake upon the rope, meaning I see rope where in fact there is snake. And then I say, Hey, snake, etc. And suppose a friend comes along because of my screaming, comes with a torchlight and shows the torchlight at that object which I see a snake and then it turns out to be rope. Now what has happened? The snake is gone away. What do I say? Hey, snake is gone. And all my fear and everything also is gone along with that. So the snake is gone when I say, what is the nature of that going of the snake? Is that going, real going? He says, no, going of the snake or disappearance of the snake also is false. Why? Because snake was false. So since the snake was not there in the first place, even though I claimed it to be there, and then the reaction that arose in me was as though I saw a real snake, and that the same fear etc. arose in me. But even when I said that there is snake, that snake is Mithya. Projected. And therefore, the disappearance of the snake also is mitya. If the disappearance is real, then there must have been a real snake there. Thank God that the disappearance is mitya because that then the snake is mitya. Otherwise, the snake would be real. Rajvam kalpirasya sarpasya gatya dikamapi pratiyamanam vastham nangi kriyatetha tadva just as a snake that is projected upon the rope, the snake came, snake is there, snake is gone away. All of this is what? We don't call all this Vavara or all these expressions as true or as real because this person says snake is gone away because he thought there was a snake. But in fact, the snake has not gone away because it was not there in the first place. <coughs> And similarly also, when this wise person says, my ignorance is gone, I am no more limited, that saying that I am no limited, not limited is is also not a fact because, is also mitya because he was not limited in the first place. That ego was false, there is no ego, that ego has gone away. That going of the ego also is like going away of the snake. The non-existent snake has gone away and so also, the false or really non-existent ego alone has gone away or that I am, I am limitless, that knowledge that I am limitless also is the same reality as the ego and so it can be false there is nothing wrong in it. There <coughs> is nothing wrong in it. You say that the knowledge also is false? tena <inaudible> If you say that the knowledge that I am limitless is false how can such a knowledge eliminate samsāra or all the suffering? False knowledge cannot eliminate suffering All the samsara meaning the life of birth and death. Jnanasya mithya tena samsara nivrthir nasya. Ita ashanka nivrthyasya samsara meaning mithya tvat, then nivrthi He says, well, Nivartyasya samsara sya. The samsara or what we call a limited existence that itself also is mithya. And therefore, to eliminate a mithya entity, another mithya entity is quite competent. Samsara, or the sense of individuality, and all the birth and death and suffering that comes from that, is not absolutely real, it is also mithya or unreal. And therefore, a knowledge that I am limitless, which can be called unreal, can eliminate the unreal samsara. In fact, that pratyogi meaning, the counterpart should be of the same reality as the other one. For example, here in this room, mere electricity, if there is darkness here, mere electricity cannot eliminate the darkness. Because the electricity and darkness are not of the same degree of reality. However, when electricity gets manifested through a bulb in the form of light, then it eliminates darkness because light enjoys the same degree of reality as the darkness. Similarly also, self is not opposed to ignorance. Only when that self becomes in the object of knowledge that I am the self, that knowledge, I am limitless. Alone is opposed to the notion that I am limited. <coughs> <coughs> Nivartyasya samsara syabi, tasatvat, mithyatvat. Chindhya samsara also is mithya, samsara that is eliminated also is mithya tan nivritti upadyate samsara nivritti upadyate samsara can be eliminated by this knowledge. Illustration swapna vyagradarshanena nidra nivrittivat iti it's interesting that when you are dreaming and so dreaming is a false world. You are dreaming and gaining variety of experiences. And suppose in the dream you happen to go to a zoo. In the dream also you may be traveling go to a new place and there your friend says, let us go to a zoo. You are taken to a zoo. And you are watching all these wild animals and it happens that there is a tiger in one of the cages and by mistake that door of the cage is open and the tiger sees you and then jumps at you and you run and the tiger is chasing you. All of a sudden by the shock you scream. You see the tiger jumping at you, you scream, and you wake up. And you wake up in your bed, all safe and sound. Now, who woke you up from the dream? The tiger woke you up. Which tiger? The dream tiger woke you up from the dream. What's the reality of dream tiger? It's a false tiger. But then, the dream tiger is quite capable of waking us from the dream. The idea is, a real tiger cannot wake me up from the dream. Suppose a real tiger, I am sleeping there and dreaming, the real tiger will kill me, but I won't be able to wake up. Who can wake me up from the dream? Only a dream tiger. So dream tiger has the same degree of reality of the dream. Which is, dream is eliminated by tiger, which also enjoys the same degree of reality, and so also samsara. Is eliminated by knowledge, which is of the same degree of reality. <clears throat> so that is what is said in verse 17. Tadrushe <todic music> napi bodhena <todic> Tadrushe <music> napi bodhena Samsaro hinivarthade Samsaro hinivarthade Yakshan rupo hibalihi Yakshanu rupo hibalihi Ityahurloki ityahurloki kajana, ityahur loki ka janam jana. Tadrushena bi bodhena, bodhena, even that bod the knowledge which is false, samsarohini vartate samsara meaning this life of limitation, suffering, birth and death is definitely eliminated. <coughs> And only that kind of boza can eliminate this because the eliminator must have the same degree of reality as what is eliminated. <coughs> Yakshan Rupohi balihi. There is a proverb in Sanskrit. Yakshan Rupohi balihi. Balahi means offering. Offering should be of the same kind as the deity. So, depending upon the nature of the deity, if there is a small goblin, you know, then you offer that kind of thing there. If there is a big devata, then the offering also is like that. After all, if, you know, if there is a, like Dakshina Murthy and you are performing big puja, you will make offering of sweets and things like that. If there is a little Ganesha, you may offer maybe a couple of bananas, you know. And if there is a small Ganesha made of turmeric powder, you might perhaps offer only one beetle nut or something, you know. And so offering generally is of the same kind as the devata. In Gujarati there is a very beautiful proverb. It says that if you make a deity from from mud, then what kind of eyes would you keep in there, you know? The eyes also will be of that cotton seed. So you are not going to get only jewels for uh, normally the eyes of a, of a deity like this. You will place jewels here because that, that whole figure or whole vigraha is, is so beautiful and is expensive. Suppose you make a deity out of cow dung. So they take cowdang and give it give it a shape and that becomes a devata. What kind of eyes would you insert there? Only cotton seed. So chanana devane kapasanyako. <laughs> there is a proverb in Gujarati. That so idea is that the date, I mean you know that figure that you're made out of clay, you don't insert jewels as eyes, you insert on the same nature of things. Similarly, also if samsara that is eliminated is mithya, the knowledge which eliminates the samsara also has to be met here. You don't require real knowledge there. Upapadidam artham upasamharati And this whole discussion is now concluded in the 18th verse. Tasmada bhasa purusha Tasmada bhasa purusha Sakutastho vividchyadam. Sakutastho vividchyadam. Kutastho smithi vignyadam. Kūtastho smite devignatum arhati tyambyadhā chudehi, arhati tyambyadhā chudehi. Tasma, therefore, avasapurusha Purusha, hai. this avasapurusha Purusha means this individual ego. So, Kūtasthah, in that individual ego also, the self as a content is very much present. Tam viviccaya, dis- discriminating between the ego and the real self. And then, this person who is ego can definitely know the self as Kutastha, as changed as. Keeping this in mind, Asmi, when the Shruti said, Asmi, uh, in the very first verse that was quoted, you know, Atmanam Chedvijaniyat, I am Asmi, Purushaha. I am Asmi, that Asmi is said by the Shruti, keeping in mind, that this wise person who is no doubt an ego distinguish discriminates between the ego and the, the the true self and then knows the self as kutastaha. knows the self as changeless awareness <coughs> yasmat kutasthah eva nijam since the true nature of the chidabhast of the ego is Kutastaha, meaning the changeless self tasmat purushabdavacchah and so the one who is referred to as word Purusha in that verse, namely the individual, the knower. Sahita, the knower of the ego is Chidhabhasa along with the Kutastha. Tam Kutastam Mithya Bhutat So discriminating between that ego which is Mithya or unreal and the Kutastha that is real. Lakshanaya by Lakshana by implication true when he says I am limitless that limitless is not visualized he doesn't visualize limitless in his mind he just knows the self as limitless knowing thereby first that the sense of limitation is false and that is how knows the self is limitless and thus this knowledge is possible on the part of the individual ego who is false no doubt but that falls since it cannot ever stand apart from the real therefore in that ego also one element is real which is the changeless awareness and therefore the ego can know itself as the limitless self iti abhiprayan shruti asmi iti with this abhipraya with this idea in mind shruti said i am asmi this limitless i am that asmi means i am that that verb is used by the Upanishad, by the Shuddhi, keeping this in mind. <clears throat> Om Pūraṇamada Puranad Puranamudachyade Pūraṇa Pūraṇamudachyate Pūraṇasya Pūraṇamadāya Pūraṇam eva-vaśyate Om Shantishantishanthi Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Kruta Ishvaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Veda Vibhagine Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om